Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. It has been developed over time. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want you to allow that anymore. I want you to change your lens. I want you to see things from my perspective. I don't want you to allow people to treat you just any kind of way anymore. Some are in a abusive relationship because that's all they've ever known. You know, some, you know, have abused other people because that's all they've ever known. That's the lens they saw. You know, they say hurt people hurt people. The lens that was developed in that person's life, that's what they saw. So they go back and repeat that action. You understand? But God is saying, no, no, no. It's time to change. It's time to change. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and get started this morning. And so I want to open up in a word of prayer and then we're going to go ahead and go forth in the word of God. Lord God, I thank you this morning for just allowing us to gather together around your word, Lord. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I pray that you have your way today, that you open our eyes to see what your word is saying as the church, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for what you're doing in each individual's lives, God. And we give you all the glory. Have your way right now. And as I unfold your word and show your word, God, thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. And we thank God for Pastor Shroud that he just, he, he told me a little while ago, he said, you know, we're going to be taking some time to just some rest and relaxation. And they need it because they, they work hard. They do a lot of, they work hard in the food bank and doing ministry. So he said, I want you to, uh, you know, share the word. So I was like, thank God for him in his absence and um, just for allowing me to be able to share the word of God with you today. And, um, you know, God has just been so good. He's been so good to me and I'm thankful for him just watching over me and keeping me uh, each and every day. Um, but as I was, I had been working on this message and, you know, it, it was just in my belly and I, God had given it to me some, a little while ago, maybe a two, two, three months ago or so, but I had just been kind of working on it. And then when it was time, when he asked me, I knew that this was the message that he wanted me to share with you today. And so you're here at this appointed time to hear this message. And I believe that this message will be one of the most relevant messages that I've shared up to this point. I believe that. And so I really want you to open your hearts today. I want everyone to get this. I want you to hear it. I pray that God will give you understanding and wisdom as I share this knowledge with you, with you this morning. And so uh, I want God to, my prayer is that God will put in, the Holy Spirit would imprint this on your heart and your souls this morning. So we're going to be looking at scripture this morning from the uh, book of 2 Kings, uh, verse 6, and it's going to be going from verse 8 uh, and then going down to verse seven, uh, 15 through 17, 8 through 10, and verses 15, 15 through 17. And I, I think I left my water over there too, so I don't want to get dry mouth while I'm up here. Yeah, you know, your mouth get dry when you're preaching, you know. Can't know about that. And Shekana and... Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got to keep the mouth moist. So here in 2 Kings chapter 6, starting with verse 8, it says this. It says, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, 
We will mobilize our forces at such and such place. But immediately, Elijah, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place. For the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the, to, the, to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elijah warned the king so that he would be on alert there. And then we skip down to verse 15. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Don't be afraid, Elijah told him. For there are more on our side than theirs. Then Elijah prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And so I want to speak from the subject today. Change your lens. What do you see? Change your lens. What do you see? The king of Aram was at war with the king of Israel. But God's people had an advantage. You see, they had an advantage because whatever the king of Aram was planning, God would reveal it to Elijah the prophet and he would warn the king of Israel. So every time the king of Abraham would plan, we say, we're going to attack them over here. We're going to do this to them. We're going to come and we're going to come against them this way. The Lord would speak to Elijah and say, listen, this is what they're planning to do. And so he, he, he would go and tell the king of Israel, listen, don't go over there. They're planning to attack you over there on that side. And so when he, he, would, he would warn him, and it happened time and time again. Every time the king of Aram would say, we're going to go, okay, what happened? I don't know what happened over there. He didn't know what was going on. Then he would come up with another plan. We're going to attack him on this side. But then it, the Lord would give Elijah and let Elijah know they're going to attack on this side. So when the king, so it, the Israel would not go that way. So he kept doing it over and over again. And so I want, just from that one little point, I just want to let you know that even when the enemy is planning things against you, our people, because we know people, God, you, you know, uh, the, the devil uses people to try to plot things against you. But God will warn you. God will let you know before you go to that way. He's, you got to pay attention many times when the Lord is speaking to you. Don't go that way. Because the king of Aram is over there, the, the devil, Satan, someone that he uses, he's going to attack you if you go that way. So he was warning his people so they wouldn't be ambushed. And God doesn't want us to get ambushed by the enemy. So when we spend time with the Lord, when we have a relationship with the Lord, like Elijah did, he'll give us a warning. He'll give us a prophetic warning and say, no, 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 don't go that way. Don't go this way. Do this. I told you last time when I was up just giving testimonies about how I was on my way to work one day and I was at this stop sign and it was a three-way stop sign and I was about to pull out because it was my turn to go. But I heard the Holy Spirit say, wait. And I waited for like five seconds and then this car ran through the stop sign and I will tell you I might not be here today if I had a went through just went on because it was my turn so you have to listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you so that you can avoid the ambush that the enemy is trying to do so he was always one step ahead and so but the king 
the king of Aram was frustrated. He was frustrated with Elijah, so he told his soldiers, he said, find out where he is and seize him. He told, he told his soldiers, I want y'all to go and I want y'all to find out where that Elijah is because he keeps following our plan and I want you to go and I want you to seize him. And so he sent, he sent, them, he sent his soldiers out to go seize him. So the soldiers found out where Elijah was. He was in a certain city and they sent out the whole army against him. Just think about that. Think about if somebody was just looking for, looking for you, one person, and the whole military was outside. And they're like, hey, Ken, we, we waiting on you. You need to come out here. You know, we need to, we need to take you captive. That's how it was. It was a whole army of, that, that, that had been sent after this one man, Elijah. So the next morning when the servant of Elijah came out and saw the army, he said he panicked. He was like, oh, my God. He said, do you see all these, this army that's out here? He said, what, what, what are we going to do? He cried out. Because the Bible says he cried out, so he was afraid. He was like, what are we going to do? But Elijah didn't panic. He wasn't even afraid. He made a very curious statement. Now, how, if you know that the whole military is outside waiting on you, they're on every side. He said, there are more with us than is with them. Do you know that no matter what anybody tries to do against you, you might not be able to see it right now, but there are more with you than it is with them. There's more with you. You see, so Elijah was looking from a different lens. We're talking about changing our lens. See, Elijah's servant was looking from the natural lens, but Elijah was looking from the spiritual lens. You understand? And that's why God is calling for us to change our lens. You see, in life, we have two lenses that we look from. We look from the natural lens, the things we see, but then there's a spiritual lens. And honestly, honestly, most of us spend most of our lives looking from the natural lens. But God is, I want you to understand today, God is trying to get us to change our lens. He's trying to get us to look from a different lens. And, and see, even when I was looking up lenses and just looking up the, the, uh, the definition, there's a psychological lens, and that it, it, it is a set of beliefs used to analyze the mental state of a person, how their mental state affects their actions. See, so our psychological lens, uh, that lens that we look from, that natural lens, it affects how we view life. You view life from the lens that has been developed in your life. And then another definition says a lens is used as a magnifying glass used as eyewear. They are for the purpose of focusing. And so God is trying. He's saying today, I want you to change your lens. I want you to what do you see? I want you to stop looking from that natural lens. And I want you to begin to look from the spiritual lens because this because of this. We're looking from the natural lens. Most, a lot of the times we are discouraged and overwhelmed by life's troubles. But what, what, really, what God is really saying is the spiritual lens came before the natural lens. See, God was in heaven. And the Bible says the earth was, the earth was void and full of darkness. There was, there was darkness upon the face of the deep. But God began, he, he was looking at it and, it. and so when he looked at the natural, it was darkness, it was void. And everything, but then God began to speak and say, 
Let there be life. And he began to speak and everything. Six days, he created the world from a spiritual perspective. So the spiritual became, became before the natural. And that's what God is trying to get us to see, the, see today is that we need to look from the spiritual lens. The lens that we see things from has been developed from our birth. How we think, how we move, why we believe, what we believe, it's all part of our lens. Marriage, God, relationships, eating habits, etc. all those things are, are, have been developed in our lens. How we treat others and how we allow others to treat ourselves is part of your lens. Many times our lenses are developed from those we are, we are close to growing up, like our parents, whoever we grew up close to. You see, you learn your eating habits from your parents. You know, if you, you know, we like this certain foods you like. I like some good old ham hocks and whatever, this and that, and chitlins and all these different things, and collard greens, cornbread, macaroni and cheese. When you start talking about those, that food, everybody kind of lights up because we know that's the kind of food we eat because it's, it's been developed in our lens. And we eat that way because of our lens. But see, sometimes even eating the wrong way from the lens that you've been viewing things from, it can just, it, you're eating your way into a slow grave. You got to be careful. You got to look at your lens and say, is this really good? I know my family, my grandmother, my great-grandmother ate it, but is this really good for me? <laughs> you know, one of the things that I always think about is when I'm sitting down to eat something I know is not good for me, and I'm like, it can be something I know is bad for me, and I'm like, Lord, bless this food. <laughs> Don't we bless the food? We know it's not good for us. But we blessing it anyway. Father, bless the food I'm about to eat. This fried chicken that's getting ready to clog up my arteries. Bless it for the nourishment of my body. <laughs> Don't we do that? You know it's not good for us. You know, we know what it's going to do to us. You know what I mean? And, but we still, because of the lens that's been developed, that's how we do things. How you allow people to treat you is because of a lens. If you allow people to mistreat you, it's because of something that's been developed over time. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want you to allow that anymore. I want you to change your lens. I want you to see things from my perspective. I don't want you to allow people to treat you just any kind of way anymore. Some are in an abusive relationship because that's all they've ever known. You know, some, you know, have abused other people because that's all they've ever known. That's the lens they saw. You know, they say hurt people hurt people. The lens that was developed in that person's life, that's what they saw. So they go back and repeat that action. You understand? But God is saying, no, 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 it's time to change. It's time to change. So what is God saying today? He's saying, I want you to see things from a different perspective. On the spiritual side of things, God desires, desires us to see things from his perspective. I want to read something to you from the book of John, chapter 5, verse 2 and 3. I want you to see this. Inside the city near the sheep gate was a pool of Bethesda. With five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind, uh, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay there on the porches. One of the men lying there had been, had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew, uh, he knew he had been that way for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? The man said, I can't, sir. He was looking from the I can't lens. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the, the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. The man got up, 
But see, this man, this man had been in this condition for, the Bible says here, for 38 years, he was looking from this natural lens. He was waiting on some mythical thing to happen in the water, but the Bible says that someone always get in before him. He's waiting on this, this mythical thing. He's not even depending on God. But Jesus comes along and says, listen, he said, would you like to be well? Would you like to change your lens? How you've been looking at things for 38 years. I want to change your lens. I want you to see something different. Stop saying I can't. The man was looking from the I can't lens. And a lot of us look at things from the I can't lens. When somebody comes to you and says, hey, you can do this. Hey, you're anointed to do that. Hey, you can do this. No, I can't. I don't have enough money. God is saying, look at it from a different lens. Stop looking at it from the natural lens. Change your lens. What do you see? And so the man, he's, Jesus changed his lens. Jesus said, stand up. He gave him a command. And God is saying to some of you today, stand up. Stand up. Whatever it is you're trying to do in your life, stand up. Take up your mat. What you've been laying on, now you're going to carry. You're not going to lay on that thing anymore. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to change your lens. Jesus changed a man's lens. And when he, he, he must have had, see, this man, this man was desperate. Jesus saw something in him. Jesus looked at him and said, he's been that way for a long time. I, I can see something. This man, it's a, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of people out there. Why did Jesus go to him? Because he knew he was ready. See, Jesus, Jesus is not going to come to you until you're ready. He's not going to come to you and tell you, hey, I want you to do something until he knows you're ready. It was a bunch of people on that porch waiting for some miracle, some kind of superficial thing to happen. But this man was ready and Jesus knew it because when Jesus said to him, stand up, he was paralyzed, y'all. He said, stand up, take up your bed and walk. And the man stood up and the man, the man received his healing. Then another scripture here in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, but the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or spiritually discerned. See, the natural man, your, ma your natural man does not understand the things of God, the spiritual things. It, it's not going to automatically understand it. Your mind is going to have doubt in it when it's time, when, when you're supposed to be doing something, when you're supposed to be, when God has called you to do something. The natural man doesn't understand it. See, it says it's foolishness. So that's why you got to ignore that natural man. You got to ignore those people around you, that, that, those downers that are telling you, man, how you going to do that? Sister, how you going to do that? You know, we heard uh, our, our sister this morning, Shekana, say she, she wants to, she's going to open up a, a, a boutique. Now, there may be others around her that say that the natural man, how you going to do that, girl? Who, how, who you think you are? You understand what I'm saying? But you can't listen to that natural man. You can't listen because it's foolishness to, to those that don't understand it. You have to be looking from the spiritual lens. That's, only, that's the only way that you're going to fulfill your destiny is you look from that spiritual lens. And then in Colossians chapter 3, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights, your sights, your lens on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor on the right hand of God. You've been raised to new life, people of God. So God wants you to set your sights, your lens. That's what he's telling us. I want you to look at it from my perspective, from this higher perspective, from this spiritual perspective. God, Jesus is saying, I want you to set your sights 
on the on the reality. See, listen, that's powerful in itself. It says set your sights on the realities of heaven. You can't see heaven. None of us have even seen God. But the, the, right here in the word, it says it's a reality. It's real. It's real. So this spiritual this spiritual lens is real. But God says he wants us to set our sights on it. In the heavenly realm, guess what? Those who are sick today, in the heavenly realm, you're healed. You're healed. In the heavenly realm, those who, who, are, who, who need wealth, you're wealthy already. In the heavenly realm, you're free. In the heavenly realm, those that need uh, self-confidence, you have authority. In the heavenly realm, those that need deliverance, guess what? You're already delivered. You have to begin to see things from this heavenly realm. You got to stop looking at what's looking around around you and looking at what's going on. That's how David was. When David came out and saw this Goliath out there, he could, everybody else was looking around. Even the king saw himself was looking around, said, looking at this giant and saying, there is no way we're going to be able to defeat, defeat this giant. But David came out and he was seeing things from a spiritual lens. He looked around and he said, who is this uncircumcised giant that defies the armies of Israel? When, 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 when Goliath looked at him, he said, you're just a boy. That's the worst thing you can say to a man to call a man a boy. Who you calling a boy? David said, I'm going to cut your head off. He said, I'm going to take you down. This, this, he just laughed at him. I don't even think Goliath was on the defense because David was so small. But the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And he slayed that giant and cut that giant's head off. You know what I'm saying? I would have did it too. Probably if they would have told me I would have to pay taxes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can get together. You know what I'm saying? No taxes? No, no, because <laughs> free? Come on, y'all. The taxes for the rest of your life. And he got to marry the king's daughter. You understand what I'm saying? So that was a blessing in itself. David said, look, I slayed the." And see, this, it wasn't because he just had some kind of, because he, he had experience is what I'm saying. He had to protect the sheep. So when he said, when the bear came, I fought the bear. When the lion came, I fought the lion. So God had prepared him for this giant. And whatever you, what God is doing in your life, he's preparing you for. You might be going through some difficult times, seasons in your life, but know that the time and the seasons that you're going through your life is preparing you for the Goliath that's going to come later on. So don't get discouraged when you have to fight the bear. Don't get discouraged when you have to fight the lion. You know the bear is representative of money. You might go through some money issues, but God is preparing you for the, for the Goliath that's going to come your way at some point in your life. So you have to be ready. Let's look back at Elijah in the book of Kings. The servant was looking from the natural lens. He cried, look at this army of chariots. What are we going to do? But Elijah was looking from a spiritual lens. He said, there are more with us than there are with him. But he prayed. What did he pray? He said, Lord, open his eyes. Change his lens. Change what he's looking, change what he's seeing. He can't see what I see. Why did one person see one thing and the other person see the other thing? Because the other person was looking from the natural lens. But Elijah was looking from the spiritual lens. 
So God prayed, I mean, uh, Elijah prayed, open his eyes so he can see. And when he opened his eyes, the Bible says he saw chariots of fire all around the hills, all around Elijah. And, and as the people of God, we have the chariots of fire all around us, watching over us, protecting us. You might not be able to see it, but ask God to open your eyes. I'm, I'm praying that God will open your eyes so you can see the provision that God has for you, so you can see the blessing that God has for you. The reason why he wants to change your lens is because he wants to see, he wants you to see what what he has for you. God has something for his children and he does not want us walking around, wandering around, looking at the circumstances, but he wants you to see from his perspective. What do you see? What have you been looking at? God says, I want you to look at things from a different perspective. It's time to change your lens today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to read, I got just scriptures I want to read to you about people that change their lens. This is from the book of John, chapter 11, verse 38. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. We're talking about Lazarus. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Rolled, rolled, he said, roll the stone aside. Jesus told them, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested protested that's what happens you god is trying to show you something and you going against it so much that you protesting against it she protested lord he has been dead for four days his body is smelling when god is trying to show you and change your lens you can't protest against what he's trying to show you he already had told her, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Your marriage might be dead, but change your lens. Hallelujah. You might be discouraged this morning, but change your lens. You might feel like you're ready to give up this morning, but change your lens. Stop protesting. He said, if you believe in me, if you believe in me, if you believe in me, if you just believe in me, that's what he's trying to get you to do. He said, believe in me. You might not think you, you can make it on your own, but you can because if you believe in me, if you just believe in me, though you are dead, yet shall he live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. She said, it's a, it's a, the smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? You know when somebody says that, they're really serious. Didn't I tell you? You know when you talk to your kids, didn't I tell you? He said, didn't I tell you that if you would see, that if you would see, that you would see God's glory if you believe. So they rolled the stone away. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. He said, you always hear me. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. God always hears you. You thinking, God, did you hear me? He said, I always hear you. He said, thank you for hearing me. He said, but I know you always hear me. You've been praying. You've been asking God, Lord, are you hearing me? God says, I always hear you. I always hear you. I always hear you. I always hear you. He said, but, for, but he said, you always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. He shouted, Lazarus, come out. And we know that he came out. 
Because everybody else, Martha, Mary, all of the other people that were around, they were like, hey, he's been, he's been in there for four days. Jesus showed up after the funeral. He showed up after the repast. They had already lowered the body in the ground and closed the casket, put that flower on there, put the dirt on top. This, if you're looking at it in a modern-day time, Jesus, in a modern-day terms, Jesus showed up at the, after the repast. And not even beyond that, after the chicken had been ate, after they had sat down and ate and talked and reminisced over all the stuff that happened. Oh, he was a good old boy. That old Lazarus man, I love Lazarus. Yeah, you know, he used to make me laugh. And then Jesus comes walking. Woo, he come walking. He said, Jesus, what do you do? If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. We already buried, buried him. What are you doing? Jesus said, I am the resurrection. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he said, I am the resurrection. I'm looking from a different lens. Y'all looking from the wrong lens. Y'all looking from the natural lens. But I want you to look from the spiritual lens. I want you to understand that I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He said, I'm not doing this for, for you know, for my sake. He said, because I know what my God can do. I'm doing this for the sake of the fire of, of you that are around. Because y'all looking from the wrong lens. Y'all thought it was dead. Even when they came, when the disciples came, even his own disciples didn't believe it. The ones that walk with him every day. You can be close to God and still not have that kind of faith. You can be close to him, praying every day, seeking the Lord. You get up, you read your scriptures. But when it comes to that hard thing, you can't believe God could do it. But he said, his disciples said, Lord, what, you know, it's been four days. What you? He said, Lazarus is sleeping. Why did he say that? Because he was looking from a different lens. He said, but let us go and wake him up. He was looking from, everybody else was looking from this other natural lens, but Jesus was the only one. Listen, and it wasn't because he was, just because he was Jesus, because he was in a natural man's body. So he's letting us know that you can do the same thing. You can look from that spiritual lens. That's what I'm trying to get you to see today. Look from a different lens. And he called him forth. And so, the whole time, we have to continue to look from the, from the spiritual lens. But I want to tell you four ways to look from that spiritual lens. And I'm, as I close, first, the first way is you got to speak life. Stop speaking death. Stop speaking negative. You know, like I told y'all about my brother, he speaks life. I don't care what he's going through. When you talk to him, he's speaking life. You got to speak life. Stop speaking negative. Stop speaking from that natural lens of what you see. You got to speak life. When they told Jesus that Lazarus had died, he said he is sleeping. He's speaking life. He said, let us go and wake him up. So stop speaking what you see going on around you. Stop looking at the natural lens and start looking from the spiritual lens and start speaking life. You got to speak what God is saying to you. Number two, see it from God's perspective. You got to look at this thing from a different perspective. You got to begin to look at it and say, no, that's not, that's not, I don't care what that looks like. I don't care what I'm seeing from my natural mind. I'm going to believe God. And you got to believe God. You know, it makes me think about this young lady that had gotten cancer. And, 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 and you know, and, and that lady, 
I don't care what it looked like. She passed on. But you know what? What I was so impressed by is that every time we went to see her, that lady said, I don't care what it looks like. I'm believing God. She believed God to the very end. And it doesn't mean, some, see, sometimes we see, we, we look at death from this side, from the natural, because the person is gone. But, you know, on the other side of it, they're, 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 they're with the Father, and if they, if they could come back, I promise you they wouldn't come back. I've heard people say, uh, they gave testimonies about being in heaven, say, I'd want, I didn't want to come back. Because like, we, we, this is all we know. The lens that we see down here is all we know. So when we see things, we're like, oh, my God, such and such died. But God, we don't know what on the other side, what God is, has brought them there for. You understand what I'm saying? So she, that lady believed God. Every time we went to the hospital to pray for her, I went up there one time just to sing with her. That lady was like, God is good. God is good. She said, and even though, even, even um, the, uh, last week we were watching um, the Marvin Sapp story. And when his wife had gotten sick and everything, that woman said, if it's my time, it's my time. That woman said, if it's, hey, if, it's, if God wants to heal me, he going to heal me. If he don't, he don't. I said, man, that's a resolve. In her heart that whatever happens, I'm good with it. And that's what even Paul said. He said, whether I'm in heaven, I'm good. If I'm still here with you, I'm good. You know, he said, I'm ready to be taken up. Paul was saying, I'm ready. You know, I know I, got, I still got work to do, so I'm not ready. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I'm not saying I'm ready, Lord. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, so number three, don't listen to the voices of doubt. See, when Jesus came, if he would have listened to the disciples, if he would have listened to Martha, Mary, all of the people around, you know, he would have just been like, well, you know, he is gone. It has been four days. So, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, you know, I'm, I, he, uh, I, I missed it. I missed it. I missed that time. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus came in the situation and he said, I don't care what all the voices of doubt are saying. He said, I know my God hears me. And he prayed and he spoke and he said, Lazarus, come forth. You understand? So you can't listen to the voices of doubt. And the last thing is, you got to do what God says. See, because a lot of times we pray, but what is God saying? The Lord had to speak to Jesus and let Jesus know, speak and say, come forth. Because how do I know that? Because Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. That's what he said. He said, what I do, the Father tells me to do. He said, I don't do anything without the Father. I listen to what the Father says, and I do what the Father says. So when your heavenly Father speaks to you, that's what you got to do. So listen to the voice of God. Listen for the voice of God so that he can speak to you and tell you what to do. A lot of times we say, I'm praying, but God doesn't just want you to pray. He wants you to pray and listen. Pray and listen. Pray and listen. You got to pray and you got to listen to what God is saying to you. And whatever he tells you to do, it may seem like it's like impossible, like Lazarus, like the army that was around Elijah. But if, if you change your lens, you'll be able to see from the spiritual perspective. So speak life. See it from God's perspective. Don't listen to the voices of doubt and do what God says. Obedience. God is looking for some people that want to be obedient. And so. That's all that God has given me to say to you today. Amen. I want to thank our online community for tuning in today. And at this, at this time, we just want to we we offer you Christ today. If you know in your heart that you have not 
you know, walk with the Lord, you've been walking away from God. Some, some might be in a backsliding state. Some may have never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. But today, God wants you to change your lens. He wants you to begin to look at things from a spiritual perspective. God wants to show you something different. God has some things he wants you to see. But in order to begin to see things from his perspective, you have to come into the kingdom. You have to believe in Jesus. That's what he's looking for, people that would believe in him and believe in who he is. So today, whether you're in the house right now sitting with us or whether you're on online in our online streaming community, if you want to re uh, receive Christ into your heart and you believe in him, we wanna, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And those of us that are, that, are, that are coming in agreement with them, we can repeat it with them also. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe in your son Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. I pray right now that you will come into my heart. I confess you with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you died for me. Now, Lord, make me a new person. Have your way in my life. I surrender every part of my life to you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you made that, if you made that confession and you believed it in your heart, guess what? You are now a part of the kingdom of God. So now we want you to find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where you can grow in the word of the Lord. Or you can tune in with us. You know, if you're in this area, you can come visit us down here in Bremen, Georgia. We're down here. Or you can tune in, continue to tune in online at kingdomrock.org. We thank God that he's going to do great things in your life. Amen. Amen. So we, we uh, Pastor Shroud, our pastor, will be back next week, and he's going to be back to speak a powerful word. So we thank God, and we pray for you. We pray that you will continue to allow God to do his, do his will in your life. And remember, change your lens. What do you see? Amen. Amen. We'll see you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.